Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Meditation hasn't always seemed intuitive to me and actually has been something that scared me for quite a bit of time. Um, As a person who has battled anxiety and depression, uh, you know, throughout my life, meditation for me always seemed like it would force me to slow down to a point where I'd be overwhelmed with my own thoughts. I know some of you can relate. So in college, when yoga was becoming popular, I felt like I could give it a try And through yoga, realized that meditation was quite the opposite of what I had thought. It was actually helping me as opposed to hurting me. So today's guest has a unique story. And when I met her back in August in Orlando at the podcast movement conference, I knew I had to bring her on to the Healthy Family Project so that she would be able to share her thoughts with our listeners. Marissa Iman is the host of the Midday Meditation Pump-Up Podcast. And since having met Marissa, I've become a subscriber and I've started to work uh, her podcast into the lives of my own children because finding it very helpful myself, I've um, found some ways to introduce it to them as well. So Marissa is a former teacher and also a best-selling author of the book, Super Intense, How Working With Your Emotional Intensity Makes You a Total Superhero. Marissa is a meditation creator and comedic motivational speaker. I can vouch for her comedy, having spent some time with her at the conference. And she is involved in training in positive youth development. So she has created hundreds of meditations for various apps and businesses across the the globe. Marissa lives with bipolar type 1 and promotes the mindfulness practices that have positively supported her in living with her diagnosis. She believes that sharing experiences and creating safe spaces for open dialogue around mental illness can help combat the stigma. Uh, With 13 years of experience working with youth and families of various backgrounds in the out-of-school time field, she enjoys sharing the mindfulness techniques in ways that can be easily implemented by everyone even busy parents. Um, I know I say this all the time, but I am truly excited to to talk to Marissa and for her to share all of her knowledge with all of you. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Marissa. I was excited to have run into you at Podcast Movement back in August, a podcast conference. We're both out there in the field and felt like you had a lot to offer our listeners. But before we jump in, can you tell everyone a little about yourself and your podcast? Hi, Amanda. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. It was such a pleasure to meet you at Podcast Movement. That was a really serendipitous moment yes. when we met up. <laughs> uh, speaking of healthy families, we met over healthy food. That I was, was going to say, uh, for a second right? there, I was like, <laughs> we did meet. Okay, so back up for one second. We was super crowded restaurant scene or in the uh, where the conference was, and there was only one table, and we ended up both needing to sit down and eat lunch, and the the host said, well, why don't you sit together? And so we did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting us. Sure, that was great. You already there. Uh, so my name is Marissa, as you mentioned, and I really practice, utilize, and share mindfulness and meditation as a tool to experience mindfulness in my life and to help others because it has just crazy positively impacted me in my life. So about 
six, seven-ish years ago. I think at this point it's seven. I've been saying six years for a long time. Uh, (laughs) I was just heavily medicated for bipolar, ADHD, depression, anxiety, insomnia. I felt like there had to be some other way to live my life. I couldn't focus. I couldn't sleep. And I knew that meditation is supposed to be good for you, but I had this belief that I couldn't do it. And we'll talk more about that later. But essentially, I just made myself commit to daily meditation. And now we're going on seven years of, of meditating daily. And I feel more centered. I feel more calm. I feel more at ease. I am healthier and happier than I have ever been in my entire life. And so I, I love to share these tools, especially in in the lives of people of all ages. So I've seen it benefit people from early childhood on up. So it's really exciting that you asked me to be on this podcast because I feel like meditation and mindfulness, they really go hand in hand. Meditation is just a tool to experience it. It's something that is so powerful for everyone listening. Awesome. Well, I think so all good stuff, but let's go basic for a minute I think sometimes society has this picture of when you say meditation, it's kind of like, I need to be in a dark room with my burning incense and like candles (laughs) and silence. And it's, you know, how it's going to be hard because we're all busy and it's going to be hard for me to like block things out. So can you go basic and just define meditation for our listeners? Yes. Um, You are not wrong that people assume that. (laughs) Like, yes, the only way you can meditate is if you go get a wand of sage and a giant candle (laughs) and sit down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And when I first decided to make myself commit to it, I also thought the same thing. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. Meditation is essentially just a tool to help you become more present in the moment. And that can be a million things. So for me, when I first started, and we'll get into what some of those things are, but when I first started, I decided I couldn't just sit in stillness, but I could put on a guided meditation and take my dog for a walk while listening. And so I started to just play guided meditations like music went out of style, which I'm a professional musician. Music is everything to me. But for this first period in my life, when I first started meditation, it was just guided meditations on repeat on my phone when I was home, anywhere I was. I was just playing them while doing other things to kind of get myself mm, just more present and in my body. Because a lot of times the people leading guided meditations will give you cues so that if you're not presently thinking about your breath, which now at this point in my life, I can't imagine a moment where I'm not consciously breathing. After you practice so long, it just becomes second nature. But there was a time when I didn't know if I was inhaling or exhaling and having someone guide me through the proper way to breathe, even while I'm cooking dinner, allowed me to be more in the present moment. And eventually that segued into having longer sits where I would would sit and listen to guided meditation and eventually sitting and just focusing on my breath or sitting. And now my favorite way is just to allow whatever thoughts, emotions, feelings come up for me and not trying to judge them or change them or force them away, just being present with them. I think so often there's this misconception too that in order to meditate properly, you sit in stillness and free your mind of everything. And it's like mm, maybe 1% of my meditation practice is that. (laughs) Right. And 
and and that's great, but just being able to accept your thoughts and not trying to trip over them or, or, or label them as good or bad is such a forgiving and accepting practice that really breeds feelings of self-love. Well, I, yes, we all need to get on board with this. I love that you started walking, like with walking your dog and doing these guided meditations, because I think that's not something that many people at all feel like that they could do, you know, that, okay, so I'm going to be doing something else while I'm doing this. Like it just seems like, well, that's not how it works. And I think it's way more powerful. Uh, I don't know if more, but there's there's different benefits to it. So, for example, grocery shopping for me can be. And by the way, I just listened to your episode about grocery shopping, and it helped oh, good. me. Good. Thank you <laughs> for those of you listening. If you haven't listened, go back. I don't remember what number it was, but it was so good. Um, so. Normally, I get a little overwhelmed, although I felt way less after getting those tips. And it's important for me to be really present and in the moment when I'm grocery shopping so that I don't accidentally just mindlessly buy things because either I'm hungry or my blood Mm -hmm. sugar's low or, oh my goodness, that vegan chocolate bar looks amazing. Uh, (laughs) So I'll just get it, even though that's not part of my plan. Right. So you can practice it while doing anything. And And really the key thing is the easiest way to do it is to be present with your breath. And if it's okay for me to take a moment to share the the proper way to breathe. Sure. Would this be a good time? So I always regret, I I was a substitute teacher for seven years and where I lived at the time in New Hampshire, when I first started, the only rule, I don't know if it's changed, was that you had to have a semester of college and be at least 18. So I started really young. And I wasn't really confident yet. And I remember hearing a teacher share for her class how to breathe. And I knew at the time, even then, that it wasn't the right way. She said, suck your stomach in as you inhale (laughs) and push your stomach out as you exhale. And I just, I always regret that I didn't correct her, but I just didn't feel, I was like, oh, I'm just, I was subbing as a para in the room. I really, I didn't know her and Mm -hmm. I I never spoke up. And I thought, I mean, how many kids (laughs) are going around breathing incorrectly because that's how they were taught. I was taught that way until a singing class when I was maybe 17. So, I mean, a lot of us are taught to suck our stomach in on the inhale, which is counterintuitive because if you want air to come into your lungs, your lungs need to expand outwards. (laughs) It's right. just biology. So forcing the stomach out on the inhale also triggers your body, this, this calming reaction. So when we breathe in through our chest instead, that is triggering fight, flight, or freeze. But if we allow our stomach to completely push out, I intentionally really push it out on the inhale and then let it contract on the exhale. You can suddenly just be in the present, noticing the bright red color of the tomatoes more vividly, being more aware of the colors and the labeling and the packaging and the smells that are around you. And shopping becomes in and of itself a meditative experience. You can turn everything into a meditative experience just by being really present. And the first step in my experience and in my opinion is just that simple practice of intentionally breathing. Well, and I, you talked about in a, in a singing class, my daughter who is 13, she is deep into the music world. So I didn't know about that about you. So we're going to have to chat on that. But um, so it was interesting because 
I watched her probably a year or two ago, and she was going to be auditioning. And I saw her with her music, and I saw her just like doing these little tick marks. And I said, "What? What are you marking?" And she said, "I'm marking where I where I need to breathe." Mm-hmm. And I was like blown away. I mean, I mm. feel like I've been surrounded by music, not the way she is, but I thought, "Wow, you're like 12 years old, and you're over here <laughs> like recognizing." You know, like here is where I need to breathe in order to finish, you know, be able to execute this the way that I want to. So I think that was really eye-opening for me when I saw her doing that. Oh, yeah, because we think we don't have to think about breath because it just happens for us. But if we're not being conscious with it, we can be not able to get in all the air we need and release everything. Our body knows what it's doing. It's breathing in nutrients, and then it's releasing the toxic, the carbon dioxide. So if we're not breathing properly, we're really missing out on a lot of that that cycle of getting more fresh oxygen into our body and releasing that carbon dioxide. So what a wise daughter you have. Yes. <laughs> I learn things from her all the time. I mean, we have our moments, but uh, sometimes I'm like, wow, good, good stuff. I'm going to take that with me. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to, now that we know we don't need incense, candles, no. and, you know, complete silence. <laughs> Doesn't hurt, and, but. Right. I know. I'm, I would be okay with that. Um, so let's talk about the benefits of meditation, um, specifically with kids. I have to say, mm-hmm. before we jump into this question, I I'm, I wouldn't consider myself like a yogi. Like I go to yoga when I have time. I mm. like yoga. Um, I dance, so I'm more apt to oh, go take cool. a ballet class or lyrical or, or something along nice. those lines. Um, but I would take my kids with me to yoga. I do like did the mommy and me yoga and all the stuff as they were um, growing up. So it's always kind of been not like a huge part of their life, but they know what to do, you know. And it's interesting as I think back and as we're chatting, their favorite part of going to yoga was the Shavasana, I guess. Hopefully yeah. I'm saying it right. Yes, because the, yeah. um, the instructors that we went to would always say, because it was like a not completely kitty, but kind of geared towards kids a little bit. But she would say, go to your secret garden, like picture all your mm-hmm. favorite things are there and like. She was so good, and even now to this day, I mean, I have 13 and almost 9-year-old, and it's funny because when we're, like, getting stressed or, like, getting worked up, like, we'll say, let's go to our secret garden for a minute. (laughs) Like, let's go back to that secret garden. And I'm like, wow, it's so funny that, like I said, we don't go, like, religiously, but it was a good takeaway for them that – and I would tell them even, you know, going through the practice, like – if you feel like a move's too hard for you or position or whatever, like just lay down, like just lay on your mat until like, it's fine. If you're only here today to do that at the end of this, like 45 minutes, then that's fine. And they were like, Oh, cool. I just came for the secret garden anyway. So, (laughs) but, Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. So anyway, so there's my little tangent, but so how can kids specifically benefit I guess since we're talking to a lot of parents out there but I feel like all of all ages we can benefit from meditation but I know we really wanted to, to talk about how we can get our kids doing this uh so I will share how kids can benefit but first I want to say to the parents and the grandparents you doing it helps them as well because when you are more balanced when you are more at peace you are able to communicate more clearly you are able to have more patience and then your child or your grandchild, they feel that. 
And you set the example of, I do this for myself, this practice helps me, and then it helps me help you. And when you set that example, that really helps them. And so what it does for kids, especially, but then really also for everyone, is a lot of times school can be a really stressful place. There's so much going on, especially with social media. And this has always been the case for all ages of, of, of worrying about, oh, what are my classmates thinking about me? Uh, what did that teacher mean when, when she raised her voice and it felt like it was towards me or whatever it is? And we can perseverate on things that are either in the past or worrying about the future. And meanwhile, peace is always in the present moment, whether it's going to our own secret garden right here in the present, or it's focusing on that breath, feeling the stomach expand, which by the way, also helps a little random side note with if you blush, like if you get nervous in public, push that stomach out when you feel yourself blushing and it instantly calms your body. Mm. And yeah, fun fact, I use that. Yeah, I'm like, I I gotta start doing that. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know. Apparently, I have all my life. And then I found out in my 20s. And I was like, oh, my God, I have this new thing that I blush now. My friends are like, you've always blushed. Well, that's me. I mean, it's (laughs) like I wish that I could control it somehow. But it's people are like, oh, you're blushing. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea. (laughs) I am. (laughs) But now I know what now for the most part, I can feel it. So I just push my stomach out and I realize, okay slow down and it it just it really slows things down but but finding a way a tool to be in the present just helps you avoid that worrying about what is he or she thinking of me or what are they thinking about me and what's going to happen on that exam later in the day because those thoughts only serve us when they're very short-lived very short temporary you get curious you learn something and you move on but that's not normally how we use those thoughts we normally just keep worrying about them so instead if we're able to have a practice that brings us back in the present moment when we're walking in between classes down the halls when we are about to take an exam whatever it is that really gets us tripping over the future or the past then we're able to be back in the present now this is also good for for parents, guardians, grandparents at work or dealing with children that are going through really hard times. It's it's tough for us to see that and to love them. And, you know, I, I, even though I don't have children of my own, I've worked with hundreds of children over the years and it can be really hard to see them going through difficult times, but we can't put that on them that we think it's hard too. So we need to have a tool to help us stay grounded and balanced so that they know we're a safe place to come to. And so meditation helps us be able to be calm and centered in the present so that our words are not influenced by our fears or concerns about the past or the future or what's going to happen to them, but instead just come from a place of the ease that exists in the present moment. And and like I said earlier, it's a practice. So these are tools that you practice. And over time, just like anything you practice, the more you work out, the stronger your muscles get. The more you practice meditating, the stronger your ability to just be in the present moment becomes. So we can't beat ourselves up if we feel like it's not working right away. I'm not in the present. I'm right, over. like instant. Like, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I can't do a pull-up and I don't expect myself to be able to just go do a pull-up 
I, if I really want to do pull-ups, which I have zero desire to, but if say I want to, uh, I'm going to have to practice at it. And I can't be mad at myself for not getting it on the first try. These weak little darling arms haven't been trying. So, so really being patient with yourself. So it teaches patience in and of itself because it's just a continual practice. And I'll share some tools on how to make it more fun in a bit. But other benefits include being able to focus for a longer period of time. I mentioned I was heavily medicated for ADD. We can talk about that in a little bit, but I'm not anymore. And I feel as though I'm I'm able to be more present and more focused more easily, even though I'm still pretty much all over the place. But now I think of it more as creative thinking than a problem. It used to feel more like a problem. And then being able to sleep. I mentioned that I was heavily medicated for insomnia. I'm also no longer medicated for insomnia. I sleep really soundly. I also have a really sleepy dog that sleeps with me. So that helps, but uh, (laughs) very calm breathing, but meditation can help. And this is not just me. This is science. There's, you can Google more about this, but there's, there's science has proven. It helps with lowering anxiety, lowering stress, lowering blood pressure, even helping you be more present in the moment, helping you with your emotional health, helping you with your focus and helping you sleep. There are so many ways that you benefit from it. And really your children benefit from you practicing it or the children in your life benefit from you practicing it because you are going to be improved. Right. And they're going to, they're going to feel that energy and, and it will really be something that makes them more apt to do it as well. And I can say as a mom, I know that if I've had a stressful day at work or something's going on that, you know, I have like, I'm backed up, like I have to be here and I have to be here and I have to get you there and I have to get you there. And my energy level is stress mm-hmm. and like, right, right. you know, it automatically transfers over to the mood that my kids are in. I don't have to say anything. I don't, it's just mm-hmm. the energy that I'm putting out there. And we, I've noticed, you know, it just becomes like snowball effect into like a bad day for all of us because I'm not in a place, a good place. And not that I'm starting a fight or like yelling or anything. It's just the energy that I'm, I feel like I'm putting out to them that they're then absorbing. And then it just, like I said, it just snowballs. I feel like you see all the time you can kind of, I know it's hard. I mean, toddlers are throwing tantrums. That's just what they do. But I mean, you kind of can take a look around your around the playground. You know what I mean? You can kind of like tune into some of the parents or grandparents or whoever. And you can see that like the calm, like if you can get there and remain calm, like that's going to transfer over. But whenever it's just like rising level of anxiety here and then a higher level of anxiety with whoever is involved and then it just keeps stacking and then it's just like someone's going to break. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another benefit to meditation is that it helps you see that, you know, whether or not a feeling is yours or someone else's, it helps you separate, especially if you're dealing with a bully or if you have a child that's dealing with a bully. A lot of times we can feel like there's something wrong with us, but in meditation, you can see that it has nothing to do with you. And there's a practice called loving kindness meditation that we can talk about in a bit that can really help you separate and and see love and kindness and everything around you. And, and, and just, 
you you grow compassion. So instead of feeling like, oh, I'm being bullied because there's something wrong with me, you can recognize, oh, I'm being bullied because someone else is in pain and they don't know how to handle their pain. Right. And once you have that compassion, it's easier to set boundaries for both verbally and physically, but also just in your own heart emotionally so that you don't take it on personally. Right. Okay. So everyone's busy. You know, you hear it every day. I'm so busy. I don't have time for anything. I mean, how many studies are out there and, you know, we're not sleeping. Our society can't mm. make time to sleep. So that's like, <laughs> there's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do you recommend fitting in meditation? Like, is it something you're kind of like, all right, Tuesday's at five um so I love I've been listening to your podcast so I Yay. love I feel like it's a quick way um even this morning I was actually I actually had it on and I was go- like rolling through some emails um but it I just was like yeah. you know what I'm just gonna That's throw cool. this on and and I would yeah. like t- was like tuning in and hearing hearing the affirmations and things like that and I was like this is good like I actually not that I know it's not, you're not supposed to multitask all the time but I felt like you know what that worked Yeah, that's the thing. I think there's, as a multitasker, I know there are times when I'm doing too much, (laughs) but there are times when it's working for me. And I think uh, we're really quick to say multitasking is bad, but I find that listening to guided meditation or affirmations when I'm working or when I'm walking, like I said before, when I'm cooking, whatever it is, I'm just more present while I'm reading through my emails or while I'm, especially something mindless like spreadsheets, entering things in spreadsheets. Right. It just helps me be more present instead of doing things without even any awareness. You know, when you're driving and you just get somewhere and you're where and you're like, oh wait, I don't even remember being on the road. That's mindless. That's not. <laughs> that's not being in the present moment. And when we're able to be more present, and there's there's benefits too to zoning out. Don't get me wrong. That that's a whole different right. thing. Right. But I find that having something you can listen to while you're multitasking is a way you can feel more productive too. You can feel like you had your dose of mindfulness and meditation and it didn't take up extra time. In fact, it just was time you were going to do with something else anyway. So that's the goal of my podcast, the Midday Meditation Pump Up Podcast, because why have a short name? Uh, <laughs> the, the goal is that it's like an espresso shot for your soul. You know, it's 10 minutes, Tuesdays through Thursdays, of just positive affirmations designed to help you really feel those words inside of you so that instead of reading an email or typing up some kind of report, at 2 p.m. and you're feeling so sluggish and so sick of it, you can put this on and all of a sudden remember that when you breathe and you're present in your body, there is so, there's this wealth, there's this abundance of awesomeness inside of you that you can tap into regardless of what is going on around you. So my hope is that people don't see meditation as this extra thing to add on in their day, but instead something to incorporate into stuff they're already doing. And a quick note about sleep is that, first of all, there, I could go on and on about time. In fact, I, I have a course on time abundance uh, that I can share a link with you, Amanda, for show notes if you'd like. Okay, yeah. Because it's a, it's a big topic. But one of the things is that if, if we're, we're going to fall asleep anyway, right, you're going to put your head on a pillow anyway, that time, instead of it being, oh my God, in the morning, I need to go 
get groceries before work and I need to go pick up so-and-so from soccer or whatever it is. Instead, we can just be listing all the things we're grateful for. And I find that that does amazing, quick, it knocks you out really quickly where you're just, you don't allow your mind to go anywhere else. It's like counting sheep, but it's counting things you appreciate. I appreciate this pillow. Thank you for these sheets. Thank you for the air I'm breathing. Like just feeling grateful and you just keep listing no matter how big, no matter how small. And I find it, I find I just fall asleep doing that because I don't know why, but I've, I've had a lot of clients I've worked with and people I know who, who have tried that technique and it really helped them. And that's meditation. So you're also incorporating it and it's not adding on any extra time in your day. And so I also offer a free year long program where you get a new meditation every week that's designed to be so non uh, time committal. So most of the meditations are under five minutes. And if you can gift yourself, it really is a gift, gift yourself five minutes, even if it's just one morning or one evening out of the week to be really present with yourself. That's huge. Yes. And I think we can all give five minutes. <laughs> right. And we think we can't, but it's, I and, know. and part of the course does this part of my course on time abundance. It actually has you create a spreadsheet of how much time you spend doing certain things. And then when you do, you look and you're like, oh, I zoned out to watching an episode of the office, which is actually like a wonderful thing to do sometimes. Yes. But, but, but I mean, how, how much TV are you watching or how how much time are you spending scrolling through Facebook? What are what are the things that really aren't benefiting your day? Right. That you could actually just take five minutes out of that and do something that will benefit you the rest of your day. I find that a meditation in the morning, even if it's literally 60 seconds, ends up making the rest of my day smoother. Awesome. All right. Well, we're, we're going to do it. Everybody listening, we're going to make that five minutes a week and, and do it. I love it. Um, so I know we talked briefly when we met about ADD, ADHD, and the benefits of meditation, you have your personal experience. I know there are a lot of kids out there today dealing um, you know, with this. What would you recommend for families to get started? As I mentioned before, the, the adults and perhaps even teens in the family that can help whoever is dealing with the ADHD to become So for you to meditate, for you to exude that really still, calm, safe presence. I mean, think about it. When you're around someone and all of a sudden they get slower, they get calmer, and they're just a safe place to be. You feel safe. You feel calm. You feel more at ease. So starting with yourself with doing your own practice of getting centered and calm so that they have that energy to be around. It's really tough for us to say, you should go meditate or tell your child to meditate, but you're not doing it. Why would they do it? Right. (laughs) I mean, uh, do it with them. Perhaps you create a time to do it with them. And so one of my favorite things that has been really successful helping children with, with ADHD or just anxiety or stress in general, it's one of my favorite techniques. This is one I also do in the grocery store a lot. The grocery store brings up. I was going to say, we got to talk about you in the grocery store. I know. I know. (laughs) So many, sometimes it's just so crowded and I don't, I'm not great with crowds and I live in a really rural place. I mean, there's no one around me for a long time. There's no service within three miles of my house. So, uh, yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I think it's just I'm I'm not always used to that and it's a lot but it's called color breathing and essentially you you let the child choose whatever color they're feeling it could even be a rainbow and you imagine breathing it in through your nose teaching the stomach extending on the inhale filling up your body with that color and then on the exhale seeing it extend around you into an orb of light of that color and you continue this cycle of breathing so it's fun because it plays with imagination kind of like the secret garden did but it also creates and so part of the intention is this orb around you the sphere around you is calming energy and it gives them something to focus on besides all the millions of ways that their mind could be going in that moment it gives them something kind of fun to play with and be present with and even if it's only for 30 seconds to 60 seconds it can really help slow down and bring you in the moment and so you could do micro bursts of let's do 30 seconds of color breathing what color are you feeling right now or say you're already coloring or playing with them which crayon do you want to pretend you are surrounded by right now and so it gives you a tool to use, to focus in the present moment. And it allows you to slow down by focusing on making your stomach expand on the inhale. So that's a really fun technique and they can choose whatever color. They can do it while while sitting in the basket of grocery shopping right. or in the car or in between classes. And I've I've heard that a lot of the youth that I've worked with that have used this found it beneficial. And I personally, I do it all the time. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to try that with my third grader. She tends to yeah, let me know how it goes. She, she um, she tends to get a little anxious. She's a um, has some I want to say like OCD tendencies where things need to be yeah. a certain way in a certain order. And so mm. when things veer off course um she you know it just you can see I can see it in her eyes you know it's it, she's like I don't even I'm gonna handle this so I think this will be right good and for that's her. focusing on the external that's the great thing about meditation is it brings you back into you into your body into the space where you have everything you need you are capable of giving yourself feelings of peace and calm you are capable of giving yourself feelings of love but so often we're projecting everything outside of us we're seeking it externally and meditation lets us refuel and and tap into that well that reservoir of everything that we are seeking externally or trying to make perfect outside of us it allows us to just do it within instead so we don't need we don't have this this clingy need for things to be different outside of us right all right so before we wrap up can we talk a little bit more just about your podcast i think listeners i'm i've feeling that a lot of listeners are kind of new to the meditation game. So um, I know they'll definitely want to hear more from you and maybe check out the podcast. So can you just tell us what they can find over there? Sure. Yeah. The Midday Meditation Pump Up Podcast. If you search my name, Marissa Iman, it's probably easier. And we'll, we'll link thing. up. We'll link up in the show notes too. <laughs> and I'm working on getting it everywhere where you can possibly get podcasts. So if you're listening and you can't find it, uh, just either send a, Amanda a message and Amanda, you could let me know or you could just message me. Uh, but I, I will put it out wherever you listen to podcasts. That's my goal. And it's three days a week of approximately 10 minutes of just positive affirmations where the only instruction is focus on your breath and feeling the affirmations in your body 
regardless of what you're multitasking. Of course, I always feel like I have to add a caveat within reason. You know, if you're someone who's going to fall asleep, perhaps don't operate heavy machinery. Right. Yes. Disclaimer. uh, (laughs) Disclaimer, which I feel like I shouldn't have to say, but in this world, I, maybe I just need to say it. Um, so however, I try a lot of them. I try to have more upbeat music. It's a combination of calm music or upbeat. It's all music I compose. And then the affirmations are, are done in a way that is supposed to engage you in focusing more on what's being said because it's looped and if there's echoes. So it kind of makes the brain have to focus and have to be present with it, especially if you have headphones because the sounds go from side to side in the ears. And and it can kind of trick you to being in the present moment in a really cool, I hope, way, no matter what you're doing, whether you're typing up expense reports or making yourself breakfast. And then if you want to go even deeper, in addition to the podcast, I offer that free year-long meditation program where the meditations range from two minutes to once a month you get a long one too if you want to try that up to 20 minutes. And that's just, it's all on my website, marissaiman.com. But I, I really like to give people a wide range of things because it's changed my life so drastically. And I couldn't just sit for an hour and meditate when I started. And a lot of people can't, you're not alone. So I, I try to offer a wide range of things that can help people. And I, almost everything is free. Um, there is a book i I co-wrote that is Meditations for Kids, Bedtime Stories. So on Amazon, if you search my name too, some more resources will come up as well that are are not free. Okay. Well, we'll definitely link up to as many things as we can over in the show notes. And now, so I've been asking, so I was inspired by one of the sessions at the conference we were at, the (laughs) podcast movement, where they said it would be kind of cool for you to ask everybody who you have on the same question just because you'll have this diversity of answers. So there's no right or wrong answer. But what do you think it means to be a healthy family? To me, it's a safe space. It's it's that energy, like I was saying, when when the members of the family have this energy of love and acceptance, that creates safety. That creates a feeling that no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what I'm going through, I'm safe here. It's like home isn't a physical place. It's it's that energetic connection between all the members of the family that just feels safe and loving. And I think one of the greatest ways to do that is to practice it with yourself first, practice accepting yourself no matter what you're feeling so that you are that role model and then accepting your loved ones no matter what they're going through. That's that's really unconditional love and safety. Thank you so much, Marissa, for joining us today. That That's awesome. And you're so inspiring. And I just feel like the universe made us share a table. Um, Yes. Thank you, universe. Thank you, Amanda. I love what you're doing. This is such important content that you're putting out there. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. And now before we, I feel like you've shared um, some, some ways that we can keep in touch with you and we'll link up to all of that. But as far as social media or anything else, is there any other ways that listeners can connect with you? Sure. Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Marissa Iman Music and Miracles. And my site, MarissaIman.com, has tons of free resources for meditating on there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So great.
so many good takeaways from today's conversation. We'll be continuing the discussion over in the Healthy Family Project Facebook group, so be sure to request to join the group, and we will add you into the mix over there. Um, Lots of good conversation happening. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, you can share it in the comments or share it in the Facebook group. And we are always interested to hear feedback from listeners, good and bad. Please um, give it to us and and we'll see what we can do. We we do this for you guys. So let us know what you want to hear and what do you want us to cover. Uh, don't miss out on new seasonal recipes live on produceforkids.com. We have more than 500 registered dietitian approved easy, delicious recipes over on the website. So we've got your holiday meals covered, everything from, um, you know, the turkey veggie tray or the um, acorn squash. We have lots of ideas. Um, we have fun snacks for kids too. Um all can be found over there at produceforkids.com. If you like the Healthy Family Project, tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to tweet direct with me, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter and also Amanda M. Kiefer on Instagram. You can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.